I've got a question for you. Um, you don't have to answer it. I just want you to think about it. What do you think is the most valuable piece of property on planet Earth? What is the most valuable piece of property on planet Earth? As many of you know, our youngest son, Micah, lives in Vancouver. And right now, he is in the second house that he's been sharing with six other guys. A second house that's been slated for demolition. He seems to end up in these kind of scruffy little homes that are on the verge of being demolished because in Vancouver, there's very little room to go out, so everything has to go up. So all these little bungalows that he's been living in are going to be demolished and multi-level housing built there because the, the dirt is very valuable. The property is very valuable. Jesus said that the most valuable piece of property in the world is a human heart. And he told a story about that. We read a story about that out of Matthew. This week we're going to read a similar story, a version out of the book of Mark. This morning we're talking about dealing with weeds, and we'll get to the weeds in a minute. But right, first off, we'll read this story, this parable from the book of Mark. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large, he got into a boat and sat in it out in the lake when all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell in rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprung up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Now, naturally, the disciples, having brilliant spiritual insight, instantly knew what Jesus was talking about. Not. <laughs> you read the story. Not. They scratched their heads and went, uh. So Jesus had to pull them aside and explain, don't you guys get it? I find the disciples so reassuring because I can relate to them so often. So he explains the parable. By the way, he ends the story saying, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Pay attention, okay? The farmer sows the word, the word about God, the gospel. Some people are like seed along the path where the seed is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown in rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, Hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown in good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. This month, we've been talking about growing. How does your garden grow? 
seeing our, our life, our spiritual life, as a garden. What kind of fruit are we producing there? Uh, we've talked about the different conditions that are necessary for uh, the spiritual life, this life of God to grow in us. This morning, I want to talk a little bit about weeds, the situation that we have. Um, weeds are effortless. If there's one thing I can grow, it's weeds. I'm natural at it. I am so good. I have a green thumb when it comes to weeds. In fact, how many of you as a child have ever taken a dandelion, you know, and when they're in full, they're just so pretty. That, and you go, what do you do with a, head of, a ripe head of a dandelion? What do you do with it? <sighs> yeah. It's beautiful. And your neighbors love that when you do that. Especially if they're downwind, you know? You want to run out there and go, Arr! no. But I have no problem growing weeds in my garden or in my own life. They just seem to, to, to pop up. Um, in, t- in fact, it takes a lot of intentionality, doesn't it, to get rid of these weeds. Weeds are really a sign of neglect and inattention. There's an empty lot at the end of our street, in Belvedere Street in Portage. You may be familiar with it if you drive by it or go by it on the bus. Several years ago, we used to have a tidy little church building on it. The church died, as some churches do. But then the building was demolished. And then, I better, I'm going to avoid an unhelpful tangent. Anyway, they, they demolished the building, and now it's a patch of weeds. Someone is growing weeds. They're going to have a good harvest there. No one seems to cut the grass or look after it or... John, you want to get on that? Talk to the realtor in charge of that? There's no sign because they're tired of me calling them and telling them. But it's just naturally neglect, right? So when we don't pay attention to things, when we don't pay attention to land or property, weeds just sort of pop up. Same way in our spiritual lives. So let's go back to this verse that Jesus was saying, talking about still others like weeds sown among thorns. Hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. I don't know if you recognize this, but this is our side flower bed by the side door. A few weeks ago, that's what it looked like. It was just, we were having, we had a really good crop of weeds. So we had a little harvesting party. We planted some vegetables, which are already coming up, right? And uh, we're excited about that. But it took no effort at all to produce those weeds. But Jesus was comparing some of the situations, the spiritual neglect and decline in our lives, and he kind of categorized them this way. He said, um, he warned us of different kinds of weeds in our lives. And the first one is the worries of the world, the anxiety of this age, the worries of this life. Now think about this for a minute. What kind of things distract me? What pulls me in a direction that is unfruitful? Jesus said, this is the first category of weeds. Just take a minute. Close your eyes if it helps. What kind of things distract you? What pulls you in a direction that is unfruitful and hurts your spiritual life? What pulls you off track. It might be your schedule. 
They might be worrying about what other people think about you. You might be preoccupied with pleasing people, getting their approval. You might be distracted by insecurities, trying to find significance in achieving and performing. Lots of things distract us. The next kind of weed that Jesus talked about, the deceitfulness of wealth. Money's not a bad thing, but too many people in our society love money and use people. It's supposed to be the other way around. We're supposed to love people and use money, right? Deceitfulness of wealth. Where do I find my security? What would I miss more, God or my bank account? What would I, honestly... Don't give me the Sunday school answer. What would I really miss more, God or my bank account? What would make me feel more insecure and needy? Let's just sit with that one for a little bit. Where where do I find my security? Wealth is a deceptive weed that it takes over our lives and chokes out our responsiveness to God. And when we're in its grip, we spend our lives playing it safe and risking very little for Jesus. And it doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have. You can be poor and materialistic. You can be wealthy and materialistic. It's all in your orientation. So beware of prosperous times. Even though it sounds counterintuitive, some of us struggle financially, but beware of prosperous times because it's easy for us to forsake God or forget about Him when things are going well for us. The third weed that we find hindering our fruitfulness in our lives is the desire for other things. And it's like, what do you mean, other things? I mean, God is everything. And again, I hope that's the case in our lives, but I'm not happy with Sunday school answers. Think about this. What am I most excited about? What preoccupies my thoughts? What, what gets you excited in life? Now, there are things that genuinely, it's good to be excited about these things. And God delights usually in the things that delight us. But where do we get our meaning and satisfaction in life? And what preoccupies our thoughts? What are our heads full of? We just stop. I'm going to give you 60 seconds. Close your eyes and think, what am I most excited about in life? Ready? Go. That was at least 60 seconds because I count fairly slowly. I have trouble. I run out of fingers after 50. Now, what are you most excited about in life? What things came to mind? This isn't a show-and-tell session. I'm not going to embarrass anybody by asking you to share, but I just want us to think because we're heading into communion in a few minutes. And if there are weeds in our lives that need to be pulled out, and we need Jesus to help us get rid of them. Just be aware of those, okay? Label them. Identify them. So it's easy for us to get distracted with other things, just to be... Um, it's been said that, that the, the enemy of the best is the good, or the good is the enemy of the best. The good things can crowd out our desire for Jesus. And our, this relationship with God that we need to be cultivating all the time. It's easy for good things to crowd things out. 
My, it reminds me of my dad. My dad used to tease my mom, and I don't know if he ever actually followed through on this, but he used to tease my mother. We had a huge garden in our farm growing up, and he said, Iris, anything that isn't a vegetable in there is a weed, so don't plant flowers in the vegetable garden. I think he was blowing smoke. I think if he had ever touched a flower, he'd be in the doghouse for a long time. I wouldn't think he would dare do that. But you see, anything that isn't supposed to be in the flower bed is technically a weed, right? Even though it might look good, but if it's supposed to be in the vegetable garden, it, that's what you want it to be. You want vegetables there, right? So, desires for other things, even though they may be good in and of themselves, they can crowd out and distract us from following Jesus. So these things that Jesus talks about, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and desire for other things come in and they choke the word. They, they choke out the gospel that's trying to produce good stuff in our lives. And we wonder, why are we just spinning our wheels? Why does this, this following Jesus thing just as doesn't seem to be working for me? Working for other people maybe, but it's not working for me. Come on, what's wrong? Maybe, just maybe, God wants to help you do some weeding in your life. And he wants to help us get rid of stuff. Challenge with weeding is that it's easy just to get the top of the weed off, right? But if you're going to have any success at all in weeding, you've got to grab that thing, wiggle it, and get the whole root out. I was amazed at one weed. I, I'm not a biologist or even a good gardener. I can't identify it. But when Rachel's boys and I were working on that side flower bed, I pulled out one weed where literally it was this high and the root was the same. It was amazing. It was just, I was impressed with how deep that root went. But I got it all. So at least that weed is not coming back very soon. But that's the thing. We need to ask Jesus to help us get all of these things as we pull them out of our lives. I want to give, leave you with a positive picture. Others like seed sown in good soil hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Do we produce the spiritual fruit that's in our lives? Can we summon up the energy to become like Jesus? kind of a trick question. Can we do this on our own? No. No. Okay, good. There's someone with experience. That's the voice of experience. I agree with you, John. <laughs> Maybe you guys can, but John and I can't. Right? Okay, we've tried. We've been there. You cannot produce good things, spiritual growth on your own. It just doesn't work. You can be as religious as the Dickens. Good luck. You can't generate God's love and joy and peace and long-suffering and all the fruit of the Spirit, you can't manufacture it on your own. But when you invite Holy Spirit, say, help me to become more like Jesus. Help me to be like Jesus. Help me just to have that connection with God. He starts producing stuff in us. We suddenly become more patient. And people look at us funny, I mean, in a good way, and think, what's got into you? They may not say it directly, but they'll probably talk about us to other people. What happened to her? She's unusually kind today. 
Well, that's the fruit of the Spirit, right? And that's good. That's God changing our attitudes. When somehow we aren't as easily irritated anymore, that's God producing us. When, when we kind of lose our taste for all this stuff and the distractions, and when, when pornography is all of a sudden like, ugh, I don't have time for that stuff anymore. Or, or God helps us realize, what, why am I addicted to this stuff, whatever that stuff is? But it just doesn't satisfy me anymore. And it gives us a hunger for good things. That's the sign, a sign, that God's Spirit is working in us, wanting to generate good fruit, not weeds. Lasting stuff of value. So, we, what is the most valuable piece of property in the world? Our hearts. We don't want weeds there. We want good fruit. We want it to be good soil, right? So like seed sown in good soil, others like us, we want to hear the word, accept it, embrace it, and produce a good crop. Now, we can't do it on our own. God makes it grow, but we can cooperate with him. Now, we're going to go into communion. Kim's going to come and lead us in worship and and a time of confession. And there may have been some weeds in your life that God has pointed out. I don't know what they are, and I'm not going to tell you what they are. Let me encourage you, if you've got weeds in your life, you're in good company. We all love our stuff. Come on up, Kim, the worship team. Come on up and get ready. But here's our opportunity. I'm not saying your opportunity. Our opportunity to do some business with Jesus and do some business with these weeds. But we need to ask him to help us get to the root of the issue, expose the root, the lies that were sown in our lives that are causing these weeds to flourish, okay? The gospel is full of grace and truth. Jesus tells us the truth about ourselves, but there's so much grace there It doesn't hurt to come out into the light and confess and ask him to remove these weeds. So as we go through a time of confession now, just quiet your heart and say, God, just point out stuff that I need to be set free from, okay? And expect him to tap you on the shoulder in love and speak, and he'll work on us.